This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Have you had a cup of water yet? Well, you might want to sit down and listen closely. A new Chicago Tribune investigation reveals that more than 8 million people in Illinois get their drinking water from a utility where forever chemicals have been found. These chemicals can build up in our blood, cause cancer, and take years to leave your body. We didn't know the scope of the problem in Illinois until now. So we talked to Chicago Tribune reporter Michael Hawthorne for more details about his investigation. Michael, this problem is affecting a lot of people in Illinois. We're talking about 8 million people out of the 12.7 million people who live in this state. Correct. Six out of every 10. And that's just through drinking water. And, you know, there are other sources. uh, But as of now... The belief among scientists is the chief way that we're exposed to these chemicals is through our drinking water. The The problem is these uh, the things that make these chemicals so desirable to industry, they have the properties of, uh, you know, resisting stains and water, and, and they're impervious in many respects to heat. They were actually designed or first synthesized during the Manhattan Project to help uh, – with the splitting of atoms to create the first nuclear bombs. Then they were uh, commercialized after the war by the 3M Corporation and then also DuPont. Those two chemical companies essentially added these, these, prod, these chemicals to products. You know, most people would know them under brand names such as Teflon or Stainmaster or Scotchgard. They're in so many consumer products, industrial products, and they don't break down. That's why they're known as forever chemicals. And we're just now, in the last decade or so, realizing just how the entire world, not just Illinois, not just Chicago, has been affected by this particular Mm -hmm. family, insidious family of of chemistry. Yeah. These forever chemicals, they end up in lakes, the rivers, and, and wells after uh, flushing through sewage treatment plants and and spreading from factory smokestacks. Talk a bit more about the health risks that they pose, Michael. So um, back, well, let's see, there was a lawsuit against DuPont uh, several years ago that led to a gigantic study, 70,000 people in the Ohio River Valley surrounding DuPont's Teflon plant in West Virginia participated in this study. They had all been ingesting uh, water contaminated with uh, these forever chemicals for some period of time. And when scientists looked at, you know, they all participated in various, you know, health surveys and whatnot, their blood was taken. 
and they found that there's a link between exposure to these chemicals and testicular and kidney cancer, immune system dysfunction. There were children born to uh, women at the Teflon plant that had birth defects similar to what the company had found in rats. Mm -hmm. There are links suspected to a lot of other diseases because these chemicals disrupt a key protein in our bloodstream. And so they all, they act at a level almost like hormones. And so they can disrupt you very early in life. The DuPont and 3M had found that these chemicals actually pass through the placenta from a mother to her infant or fetus in the womb. And so you start out, every every child born in America starts out with these chemicals in their bodies. Wow. You know, I have to say, Michael, this, this kind of feels like a continuation of a conversation we had yesterday on Reset. We had a live broadcast at the Shedd Aquarium, and we talked about how microplastics affect our health and the environment. Yeah. Um, I want to play a little bit of, of my conversation with Joel Bremeyer with the Alliance for the Great Lakes. He was talking about that. I think what's really disturbing is you're starting to see these kinds of particles showing up in people's bloodstream and lungs, right? And so it's not just about the ecology of the lakes, but it's about what we're being exposed to by just going about our everyday business of walking down the street, breathing, drinking water, and and that's showing up in our body. So that's microplastics. And in your investigation, Michael, you found worrisome concentrations of uh, forever chemicals in, in Chicago and around Illinois. How many potential sources did you find? And where were they? Well, more than 1,600. Um, the thing of it is, these chemicals are not regulated. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has known since at least 2000, the year 2000, when 3M finally revealed that these chemicals build up in people. They had not provided the required information to the EPA. And they later, both both 3M and DuPont were fined for that uh, significant sums of money. Mm-hmm. And the EPA, this was in the year 2001, started what they called at the time a priority review of this chemistry. And these chemicals are still not regulated. So there's no... No company is required to report that they use or discharge these chemicals into the environment. What we can know, what I found based on clues buried in emails and in the federal registry, Mm -hmm. that there are certain industries that use these chemicals. And each industry has what they call a NAICS code, which is an industry code. I analyzed the, the industry codes of interest that are essentially potential sources of these chemicals. And in 82 of the 102 counties in Illinois, there's at least one industrial source of these chemicals. In in the water testing that the state of Illinois did, there are some communities that have these chemicals in their water supply. There's no apparent industrial source nearby. So one of one of the things scientists are finding is they're like a lot of the other really nasty chemicals that came out of World War II and then were were commercialized for our, as one person put it, the inconvenient consequences of a convenient lifestyle, and and um, they travel widely through the air. They can they they're they've been found in some of the most pristine wildernesses in the United States in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, so it's it's once the you know, the proverbial cat was let out of the bag. 
uh, it's really become a huge problem, and it's just going to get worse as people look for them. So why is it that the uh, Illinois Environmental Protection Agency didn't begin testing our, our well, water utilities till uh, what, yeah, two years a, ago? You know, they, they didn't really answer that question very, uh, you know, to my satisfaction at least. I, I have emails that during uh, the Rauner administration, the previous uh, governor, Republican Bruce Rauner, that there were plans at the Illinois EPA to begin this testing. The, the thing of it is the first time any community in Illinois actually was, was, was tested was testing that I commissioned for the Chicago Tribune, where we tested Chicago tap water and found two of the most widely studied forever chemicals in Chicago drinking water. The city of Chicago followed up with its own testing. So this was roughly 2009 to 2011. But because, once again, these chemicals are not regulated, nothing happened. Then the U.S. EPA came in. They did a pilot study in 2013, 2015, so still a few years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the communities they looked at was Freeport, Illinois, which is a small industrial city just west of Rockford. They found really high levels of these chemicals in Freeport's water. And it's not until now, as we're speaking, that Freeport has borrowed $17 million from a state and federal loan program. They're drilling new wells. They're building a new treatment plant to try to free the community of this contamination. Michael, during his uh 2020 campaign, President Biden vowed to make forever chemicals a top priority for the federal government. What's the latest on that? Well, there's a lot potentially in the works. There are, just recently, within the last month, the U.S. EPA adopted a more rigorous health advisory for four of these chemicals. There's about 9,000 total. The EPA believes about 600 of these chemicals in commerce presently. They know the most about two of them. A lot of these other chemicals break into those two. So, and it gets really complicated, but it's just, just think about it. It's, it's just not good, no matter how you, how you look at it. And so um, these health advisories came to the conclusion based not only on the animal research, but on the human research. These studies, like the one I mentioned before, the one in, in, in uh, Ohio and West Virginia, mm-hmm. there's enough human data out there that they concluded, the EPA concluded, that there's essentially no safe level of exposure to two of these chemicals. The levels of concentration of concern can't be detected by conventional measuring techniques. Wow. Did you say you no safe levels of no exposure? No safe level. And, and so over time, if you just you know, these chemicals, it's going to substantially increase your risk of these various diseases we've talked about. Um, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And so that's going to drive the, uh, what the Biden administration says will be. So let's, let's back up one more, one more step. These health advisories are not enforceable. So companies, water treatment plants, sewage treatment plants don't have to legally do anything. But the EPA is talking about this fall proposing enforceable, legally binding drinking water standards. They're also looking at sewage treatment as well. There's a huge pushback in the bowels of the government in Washington from the water treatment industry, which even though they're municipalities funded by taxpayers, they act like an interest group in Mm -hmm. Washington. So does the sewage treatment industry. And so there's this really intense fight going on that most people, unless you read the trade press, 
yeah. don't know about. And and they're trying to essentially absolve themselves of any kind of liability for what's been out in the environment for decades now. Yeah. And, and thinking of state officials, I mean, your report even says that they downplayed the results. Yeah, once so, they did so do for the example, testing. I just mentioned that these chemicals – Two of them are unsafe at any level. Yeah. Those were also the two most frequently found chemicals in Illinois drinking water. And all of the all of the um, the reports that I looked at from the city of Chicago to the smallest communities in Illinois, either if you were lucky to find the warnings, they downplay the results saying, oh, these are trace amounts. This is very little. There's this um, there's this common phrase you see where it's, you know, one part per trillion is the equivalent of equivalent of one drop of water in 10 olympic sized swimming pools. Oh, yeah. But but a scientist told me is that if you had one olympic sized swimming pool filled with one of these chemicals, it would contaminate the drinking water of every person in America. Where is this happening in Illinois? I want to make sure that that's clear. In terms of in terms of where we're finding these chemicals. Where we're finding these chemicals, yes. You know, all over the state, the Chicago area, clearly, it's a huge issue. Will, you know, part of, uh, you know, a good number of people, more than 5 million people in the city and suburbs get their water, treated drinking water from Lake Michigan. It's out there in Lake Michigan. So all yeah. uh, many North Shore communities, you know, Wilmette, Evanston, Winnetka, Lake Forest, these chemicals have been detected in their drinking water. And then when you get further inland, a lot of communities rely on rivers the Illinois River or wells, and you have a lot of wells that are contaminated as well. What hasn't been tested yet, and this is an upcoming story for me, just a little preview, is that private wells have not been tested at all. So the the number of people that are potentially affected by this is even larger than what we reported. So what are our options, Michael, for safe alternatives to contaminated drinking water? Well, I think most experts would say, and, and, and the water treatment, sewage treatment industry would agree, that we have to get these chemicals out of our society in the first place. And unless the use is, is needed for safety or you know workplace safety or for the health of, of people, then why are you adding these chemicals? And right now, there's no accountability to corporate America to do that, to, to, to limit the use of these chemicals to just essential uses, you know, define that, right? We haven't had that conversation. We haven't had that debate. Right. In the meantime, there are certain filters, and there's a link in our story at chicagotribune.com that gets at the advice from people who have tested various filtering systems. So the state of Michigan, which is farther ahead than we are on this, the state of Minnesota, they actually went in the lab and tested, you know, which filters, home filters do the job. You know, you have to look at, you know, in in some respects, it's only going to cut down some of the chemicals. So, and Mm -hmm. and the thing of it is, bottled water isn't necessarily safer. The most expensive uh, treatment methods at home is a reverse osmosis system. That tends to do a pretty good job with most of these chemicals. So not even bottled water. Some, well, some bottled water is run through reverse osmosis, but it's not labeled. You don't know that. Some, some bottled water is just municipal tap water that is bottled and you know, put in plastic bottles and, and, and sold to us. And as you said, not 
much being done to hold these companies accountable. Meanwhile, taxpayers, it seems, are bearing the brunt of the problem. Yeah. So again, so DuPont and 3M have have both paid hundreds of million uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to settle lawsuits. They face several additional lawsuits. A lot of them are being consolidated in a federal court in South Carolina. There are a number of Chicago area communities that are involved in that lawsuit or the the group of lawsuits. They essentially want 3M and DuPont to pay for clean water. And that's already happened in the Minneapolis area where 3M has a giant uh, manufacturing plant, made these chemicals, dumped them on you know, in on their property, leached into surrounding wells, dumped them into the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. you know, affected water quality. They, they had to pay $700 million to, to bring clean water. You know, I was talking to someone who lives in St. A physician who lives in St. Paul recently, and he said, yeah, that was great, but it's not enough. You know, we, mm-hmm. we still have these problems. Once again, that's why they're called forever chemicals. Right. Very interesting stuff, Michael. We'll have to look out for your next report. That's Chicago Tribune reporter Michael Hawthorne. You can read his investigation on forever chemicals in Illinois' drinking water at chicagotribune.com. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Thanks for having me. That's it for today's Reset. Stick with this podcast for the latest on the news, politics, and arts and culture. We drop a new episode every weekday afternoon, sometimes on Saturdays, too. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and let's talk soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.